Joel chapter 2, and then we're going to go to Jonah chapter 3. And I want to tell you, as you are getting prepared, that I am glad that you came to church tonight. I mean, it's a lonesome thing in here when you're by yourself, and it's just... It's just better with people. I think with all of my heart, when the Lord set the church up, he, he meant for people to be a part of that. And I'm just glad you're here. I want to tell you something while you're getting prepared. Um, Sunday we prayed for little Jacks Warren. And really Sunday into Monday, uh, Jacks went home to be with Jesus. And I don't even know, I, I, I don't know what to do but pray because that's something I don't ever want to go through with, but, but we have a duty to bear one another's burdens and you don't know what to tell people. And I, I told you a long time, it, I don't care how long you preach or whatever, you still don't know what to, to do. And prayer is always the best thing to do above everything. But I, I, Friday, we will be uh, in Hendersonville taking care, helping out, helping out with that service. And uh, uh, just honored to be a part of that. But, you know, that, that hits close to home to me. And so I, uh, I want you to be praying for that family because uh, that's something you'll never get used to. And that's something that uh, people just will struggle with. But we know that God's able to do more than we could ever even imagine him doing in a situation like this. For, for two weeks, we've been talking about my family. And you know, I don't want to take up a bunch of time telling you how many times the Lord has just shown me and, and just let, let me talk to people or people... Uh, send me a message or call me or talk to me at church and uh, not counting all the other things the Lord does. And, and he did it again this week more than one time. And, and I'll tell you about that here in just a few minutes when we get closer to, close to the end of the service. But I want to I say in, in starting tonight that, that your family is under attack like you would not believe. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not recognize it, but you, you don't realize. And can I just explain? Because I never really went into detail about that two weeks ago when we started this. You see, and, and what I'm going to tell you, you're going to know, well, yeah, I, I've seen that. See, when, when God created man and woman, when God created Adam and Eve, he, he created uh, the family, he, the family unit. The Lord created that just like he created. And he named everything that he created. And you know about Genesis. You know about, and he let Adam name the animals. But the Lord God named them male and female. He called marriage, marriage. He called family, family. It wasn't some kind of... Uh, he didn't call it a social unit. He called it a family. And then later on, we know that he refers to his children, his bride, as his family. So family is a word that God owns 
Family is a, a, a word that God made like he made the family. And because of that fact, the devil himself hates anything to do with a male or a female or a family. And he has tried ever since that day in creation to disrupt it, to disrupt it, tear it apart, uh, dismantle it, uh, make it chaotic and confusing, and all the other terms you can think of, uh, dysfunctional, all the things you can think of, the devil is single-handedly responsible for doing that. And so we know if you just press the button on, I, I choose to have a cassette player. If you, ch if you touch the forward button on a cassette deck and go to 2021, you know that the family is so under attack. And so the devil is going to use every, every possible platform he can, but l let me tell you this. He, he doesn't just use government. He uses the four walls of our house. That's why I've been telling you, do everything you can to turn your home into a sanctuary 24-7, and what you do in doing that, you dismantle him more than he's planning on you doing that. So God anoint me again to read these words and for us to look at them together and we'll give you praise and honor and glory. But tonight, I want to focus on the younger members of the family. I want to focus on uh, the children, the students, whatever you want, I, anybody other than the parents. I want, I want to focus on them. But this is for me, it's for you. And I believe, I, I know what Joel 2, 28 is referring to, and I'm about to read it, and everybody knows it. But I believe we are getting closer and closer to these days and this time. And this is what it says. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. But he stops and makes a distinction here. And you need to kind of really zero in on this. He says he's going to pour, and he could have stopped right there. All it is is a punctuation mark. But it, he didn't put a period there. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream, dream. Now, and let me go back to say this. Somebody prophesying to you uh, a real, legitimate, spirit-led, somebody prophesying is not a fortune teller. It's not, it's not a palm reader. It's somebody that the Lord's leading, and it don't have to be a spooky, scary thing. It, it can just be somebody telling you on behalf of the Lord, listen, I just got... Um, a heavy burden, and this is just a, a real, real generic, bland example, but I want you to know it before we read anything else. You know, God's just, I, I've been up all night praying for you, and I just feel like you, you, you don't need to go that way you normally go to work today. Okay? That, that's real basic, and a lot of people would laugh at that, uh, but, but it, it's also used to prophesy and let people know about uh, other things that can happen, will happen, uh, and it could be uh, it can be as big as the globe, but it can be as individual as you, like your your car. So, 
He said in the last days when he pours out his spirit on all flesh that this is one of the indicators that's going to take place. And I, I, I want to just go ahead and say that I believe is already beginning to take place. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So I'm going to read it without stopping this time, and you just follow with me. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Shall is a word that when God uses it, you might as well just mark it down. It's going to happen somewhere, somebody. Shall is shall with God. I said I wasn't going to stop, didn't I? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Uh, your young men shall see visions. Now, you might say, well, Opie, I, I, I don't really know that going on. Nobody's come up to me or I hadn't heard. I hadn't read anything on Facebook. But listen to me. This is why my house has to turn into a sanctuary. This is why wherever you are, whatever you're doing, there's no... Everything I just read to you is of spiritual nature. Don't say it out loud, but say it to yourself, spiritual nature. It's of spiritual nature. So it's not of church attendance nature. It's not of a tithe payer. It's of spiritual nature. Only spiritually minded, spiritually in tune people are going to uh, pick up on this, know this, recognize this, and even understand this, and I'll say even receive this. So you, you cannot receive spiritual things if you are not a spiritual person or of a spiritual mindset. So this is happening. God will use, God is using children, young people, teenagers, students, and I'll say young adults. He is using and he's going to use this. And as I said, I've got something to show you in just a few minutes that that God just won't stop, just keep throwing things out here about family, about revival, about uh, him moving and him reaping a harvest and who he's going to use. And I believe, and I told you this a, a week ago, that I believe that it's going to start, it's going to be birthed with, with a remnant. I believe the remnant is a remnant that's under 20 years old. I really believe that. I believe that it's going to be teenagers and even children, and there's something to be said for the Lord himself saying that if you don't come to me as a little child, he didn't say a middle-aged person, he didn't say a well-versed, he said if you don't come to me as a little child, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of a limiting thing for you is what the Lord was saying already. And so I, I want to, before I talk any more about that, I want to go to a story in Joel chapter, I mean, Jonah chapter 3. You know how this story starts and what goes on. And, and I'm going to tell you before I read this. There was no way I was sharing Jonah chapter 3 tonight. But about 6 o'clock, and, and again, you know, I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you as if you're not here, we're not streaming. 
But I was uh, back in the back, and I picked up two Bibles. Two of the Bibles I picked up and looked at as soon as I opened them, and they were, I mean, one of them was on Jonah 3, and I looked, and I picked up another Bible. I was straightening them up. I was looking for something. And the Lord says, that, that was not a coincidence what just happened to you. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you a real honest preacher thing. I mean, I, I just like dismissed it quick. I said, well, I've already got the night planned, bro. I mean, I didn't call the Lord, brother. I just said, Lord, it's already done. It's already in uh, pro presenter. It's, it's already done. And he said, uh, and whose is all this? I believe we better look at Jonah chapter 3 right quick. And so as soon as I looked at it, I, I understood where, where he was going and what he wanted. But Jonah's already been swallowed by the big fish, people say, the whale, great fish. But, you know, he got in there because, and this is not just for students or children, but I do want you to listen, students and children. He got in that situation because, like Opie almost did, he didn't do what the Lord said to do. He just thought he had a better way. So he disobeyed the Lord and something unthinkable happened to him. He finds himself inside of the fish and he gets to a point where he prays and the Third chapter says this is what happened after he had really a, a cloud to open up inside of a fish. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. And he said to him, he said, preach to Nineveh. I, let me read it like it says, though. He says, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise Go to Nineveh and uh, preach to that great city the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now this is what is very interesting. Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. That might have been one of the reasons why he contemplated not going the first time. It just seemed overwhelming. Let me tell you this for free. If God tells you to do it, don't care how small it is, or how tall it is. It's not more than you can do through Jesus Christ. Scripture teaches us that. And he said, not only was it an exceedingly great city, but it's also a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And that meant it took three days to walk through the city. So on the first day, he began to walk through the city, and he cried out saying, Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5 says, So the people of Nineveh believed God. That's all it took was him being obedient. All it might take, children, young people, church, is just me finally being obedient and quit giving God excuses. The city's too big. The city's too... Uh, too worldly, too carnal. They're too far gone. Quit giving God excuses and just preach what the Lord says. And people might just start believing, folks. 
Then he cried and set out 40 days, and Nineveh's going to be overthrown, and the people believed God. They proclaimed a fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And then the word came to the king of Nineveh. See, it went all the way to their White House. Imagine the, the, the hinge, the pivot point to a revival starting of all places in Washington, D.C. Could be sitting in here right now in the form of obedience. I want you to think about this. This is not like motivational stuff. This really happened, and I'm telling you, in the last days, the Lord's pouring out His Spirit so it can happen many times over again. And the king arose from his throne and laid his, his robe aside, and he, he covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout the United States of America, Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, say it, saying, let man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But see, we talk about the fast at the beginning of the year. Hey, even the animals fasted. They didn't have a choice. They just didn't feed them or give them anything to drink. Everybody, because they were going to die anyway. So what does it hurt to trust God and fast at this point? Amen? So let everybody... The man and the beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? And then verse 10 finishes the chapter by saying, Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he didn't do it. Now, folks, we, 20 and above, I'm going to say, I can go back to 18, but I, I just, I want to tell you that we accuse children now, you don't have permission to amen what I'm about to say, okay? We accuse children of being hard-headed all the time. You say an amen in your spirit, and God's going to judge you anyway. We accuse them of being hard-headed, stubborn, or whatever. But I'm going to tell you there is a reason why the prophet Joel has in this third chapter right here that God would pour his spirit out on them and I believe a lot of that is because you and I have accepted this is it we're waiting on the train to come take us home and we we've got every excuse in the book we just God understands this is what I'm supposed to do somebody is somebody else's job and we have that mentality, and I hate to say it, but we're going to die with that mentality. And I think the Lord just lets it uh, be made known that in the last days, when we get closer and closer, you, you locked up, you locked down, you preoccupied, you, you, you just 
kind of folding your arms and, and you don't really care anymore. You want it, but you want it on somebody else's fasting dime. You want it on somebody else's praying in their prayer closet. You, you just want to get in and post what a good service it was on Facebook when the revival does break out. So I'm going to have to give it to the children. I'm going to have to give it to the youth. I'm going to have to give it to the teens because, you see, if I can get a hold of them, they don't care. They are the ones that really will be fools for Christ's sake. So I believe that in Multitudes Church and in Scotland County that we are going to see a, and, and I hate to even use the word revival because we have our mind. We, we already have in mind what that is. And so I, I believe that there's going to be an outpouring that, that's going to cause an outpouring in the community and people are going to come. And I'm going to spew some of the same stuff I always spew. I believe with all of my heart that we're going to see things that's going to require, I'm going to tell you about a man that sat on that front row Sunday morning and told me about a dream he had. Not going to tell you anything, but... He said, man, I thought we were doing something with LOL. And uh, I said, you, you, you just don't even know what you just told me, though. I said, because God had been talking to me about that, that sometime something's going to go down somewhere with that. We don't know what, where, how, with, and all this kind of... Because we're on limited time, and this is where I'm going tonight, and I'm getting there quick. But I want to tell you that we don't know what our future looks like between now and the summer. We don't know what the dynamics of the, of the world, uh, uh, let alone our country, we don't know what it's going to look like uh, b before, I'm going to say this, before things are going to change drastically again. And so I believe we've got a little bit of time to get up and get out and go to Nineveh and people will believe, but I think it's going to start, the fire's going to start with the spark of the youth of our church. I believe that. Monday, I knew what we were going to do tonight other than the Jonah stuff I told you about. I didn't mean to say stuff other than the Jonah passage. And so I've told you many times about going to prayer in Charlotte on, on Mondays at, at my old church when I was in school. So when I don't go, which is hardly ever now because of uh, everything, we, we will always try to be home and sit down where we can be a part of it 7 o'clock every Monday night. Well, this Monday night, as we sat in prayer, the pastor wasn't there, so different uh, lay people and some staff people were saying things and praying. And when this one brother got up, that's, that's on staff there, and began to talk, I, I just sat in that recliner, and I couldn't believe uh, how God was reiterating to me through what he was telling them of, of what's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. So uh, I said, man, I'm sharing that some kind of way Wednesday night when we get to church. So before we close this service and we end the way we're going to end tonight, um, I want you just to take a look. It's about five or six minutes. But I, I want you, this is something everybody can glean from. But, but it is right in the middle of where we are. So I want you to take a look. 
The Welsh Revival started in 1904 by a young man that wanted nothing but more of the Lord. Listen, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a a hyped situation. It wasn't a it wasn't something that had to be stirred. It was a hunger for righteousness. The small, tiny country of Wales was changed because of a young man named Evan Roberts. And you know what he said? He, he, he said this one simple phrase. He said, Lord, bend me. Look, let, let's, let's call it, let's just talk tonight. Most of us come here Monday nights. We come to seek God. But are we really ready to be changed? Are we really ready? I'm asking myself. God, bend me. God, bend me. Make me, make me uncomfortable. Because I don't want to keep doing what I've been doing with you. He prayed, he said, Holy Spirit, I've got to know you. And I'm asking us, over, over a year now, are we willing to say, Lord, bend me. I'm tired. I'm weary. I've tried everything over and over and over. Do I need to keep going? Over. Because it's not a ritual. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, listen. I, I want to talk to people that are my age. It didn't start. The, the Welsh revival didn't start with people like me. It started with people like this. Two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, Pastor asked the kids to, to stand between the ages of whatever to 20. Remember that? Church, God wants to do something. I want it to start with me, but you know what? I think deep in the crevices of, our, uh, of everything that's within us, God is wanting to shake and use Kids to bring about a revival and a renewing in our land. Do, do you hear it? No, I know you hear it. Do you believe it? Listen, I, I want to read this. Listen. Psalm 86, 5. Listen to this. This is to us. You, Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. This is a psalmist who is desperate for a move of God. He's reminding God of what he did in the past. Listen to this. You set aside all of your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. But listen to, to verse 4 here. Restore us again. Did you hear that? Restore us again again. 
God our Savior and put away your displeasure toward us? Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again? Did you hear that? Will He's basically saying, God, I know you did it once, but I need you to do it again. I could see it. He's sitting there reminding God, will you do it again? I know you will. I ask that because I need you to. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Simple words, Lord, bend me. Are we truly willing? Men, are we willing to allow God to bend us? Ladies, are we willing to have God bend us and take us out of our comfort zone so that he can truly move and shake his church? Is it going to happen? I don't know. I hope. Because if it does, it's going to be because we are praying and begging God to revive us one more time. If you are 15 to 25, if you don't mind just stepping out in the, the aisles, because we are going to pray that revival starts with you. Because listen, I, listen to me. If it starts with you as parents, it's going to come into our house. And I don't know about you parents, but I am begging God to do something in the lives of our children. And I'm, not, I'm talking children. When they're 25, they're still your babies. So if you don't mind, can we really get serious about this? And let's not just say a prayer. Let's intercede and seek the face of God because, guys, it's starting with you. Revival will start with you. Ladies, under the age of 20, it's going to start with you. Are you hungry for it, and do you really want what Jesus Christ has for you? Do you? And I'm going to ask you that question. Do you want what God can do one more time through you? I'm going to ask all of you to stand, if you will. And I, I want to tell you, before we pray, the whole time I was growing up, we always called Wednesday night or referred to it as Wednesday night prayer meeting or Wednesday night Bible study sometimes. And the next couple of minutes before we go, we're going to pray, but we're going to pray specific over some things. And what I'd like uh, to do I don't know if Joe could come help me out on the piano, but I, I would like for us to just spread out and, and come around this altar, and then we're, we're going to pray specifically. Youth of every age, doesn't matter how young you are, but I want everybody at the altar. So we're not just singling out youth tonight. I want us to pray over some things. When we pray tonight, there's some youth in the Bible that you know the story. And while, while you're coming, 
Um, I know that that, Dan, that not Daniel, but Jonah went the second time. Finally, Jonah went the second time, and he he obeyed. But I want to ask you a question: How many people? How many people died, or could have died? How many? How many people do we lose in between? the first time God tells us and when we finally go to Nineveh, when we do what the Lord says, how, how many people are we going to lose, you know, because of disobedience? I, I don't want to lose anybody. And, and this is why I, I've just been preaching about the families and preaching about uh, children and youth. And I want to tell you this. We are, we are working. God is birthing something <clears throat> that's in the making Uh with our children but do you know that with our our youth ministry that uh, Eric and Nikki and they take care of and, and, and Zoe and John help out in that area but that's the only ministry since March of last and I said this I know about four months ago but I, I, I want to say it again it, it's the only ministry that never stopped at this church. All the groups, everybody else, it, it just stopped. And you know, I'm not here to like point fingers or nothing like that. I know everybody was trying to be compliant and all that. But but I, I'm telling you that we can't afford to stop things now because if, if your mind is more on everything that's on the news and what we you are being told or whatever, than it is on what that Bible says in the return of the Lord. I, 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 I mean, man, you ain't never going to invade Nineveh. I won't never invade Nineveh. And we'll just have to hear what the youth are doing here and everywhere else. I don't want to be left out. I think God left me here to be a part of this, this, last, this last surge. And so we, we want to pray tonight that, that we go the first time this is our, we're going we're gonna to say, God, this is our first time of going to Nineveh. This is our, our, our first send-off from you. We got some uh, opportunities where the church can, 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 can do something toward the end of this month. I'll, I'll tell you about that. Maybe Sunday or next week. But, but we got opportunities, folks. I don't want to wait. I don't want to go through... Um, the fish thing, or I don't want to be Saul on the Damascus Road and have to go through the blindness stage, you know. And I don't think nobody in here does. I, I want to just say, Lord, yeah, this is uncharted territory, but I'm going to do it the first time. I want to do it the first time. So what we're going to do, uh, I'm going to demote everybody that's over the age of 18. I'm going to demote you back to 18 or younger. You can just choose if you want to be 9 or 13 or 16. Yeah, but everybody's demoted tonight, and there's a couple of names we're going to put on the screen right now of people that we want to pray like. We want to pray that we all, because all these were teenagers now, we want to have a, a warrior attitude like David. We want to surrender our bodies, e even when we know we're going to be ridiculed. Now, I know Mary's was through pregnancy and, and housing the Son of God, but my body is a living sacrifice. Even when people laugh at me and ridicule me about going to church or being involved in youth or children or whatever we're doing, uh, listen, 
I am ready right now to surrender my body like Mary did. I'm ready to have a bold spirit like Daniel did. Even when the king threatened to throw him in the lion's den, and you know about the fiery furnace with the other three teenagers. But I, I want to be bold in these days. If, you, if you're not bold, you, you're just going to follow. I, I want to have an obedient heart like Joshua did. If he says march, I'm going to march until he says stop. Whatever he says to do. I, I want to be faithful like Joseph did. Even when his own flesh and blood sold him, did away with him, lied about him, he remained faithful even when he was living in an unfaithful surrounding. So that's what we're going to pray tonight. So I don't care if you, if you look at that and you pray that, but we're going to pray that over our youth, over whether they're in high school, middle school. I, I don't even care if, if they're babies. I, I, I don't care. I want to pray over them right now. And I want you to pray for them because God's going to do it, church. I mean, this book right here, it, it, it doesn't lie. Everything that God said is and will be fulfilled. So, God, we come together tonight in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every young person in this building. First of all, God, I thank you they are here. I thank you mamas and daddy love them enough to bring them, God, in these last days. And I pray that you would give them a warrior attitude just like David. Lord, I pray they would be humble and surrendered, God, even their body, not just lip service, God, but they would surrender their bodies just like Mary did at a, as, a, as a teenager. I pray they'd be bold like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Lord, that they'd be obedient like Joshua. They'd be faithful like Joseph, Lord. And they would have a determined heart, Lord, that like young Timothy did, Lord. God, that they would keep, hallelujah, on the road for you they would keep their light shining on a hill and, and, and not afraid, not ashamed. And God, pour your spirit out on them, on every son and daughter that's affiliated with our church. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you would use them, help them to know that God has them here in a way that the devil is frustrated. You've kept them alive for such a time as this. And when the enemy comes in, God, I pray that you would do a great work among them. Help all of us, Lord, to be obedient the first time. We don't want to lose anybody in between being obedient and not being obedient. So God, help us to do it the first time. And God, we want to pray over every school in this county right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, over Carver. God, I pray over Laurel Hill. I pray over Shaw, Lord. I pray over Wagram. I, I pray over Search, Lord. I pray over Sycamore Lane and Sycamore Elementary, Lord. I pray over South Johnson. God, I pray over Spring Hill. God, I pray over the high school. I pray over Wagram. God, any school, Lord, that's in Scotland County, Lord, I pray over Christ. The Cornerstone, I pray over Scotland Christian Academy and those that, that may not be on my mind. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. 
that you would do a work that people are not even asking you to do. God, I pray you would do it. And Lord, help us just to to make sure that we're prepared as a church to be ready, Lord, so that we can do. God, we know you blessed us with the Laurel Hill campus for a reason, and I believe it's for a time such as this, Lord. I pray, God, that, that we would allow you to do what you want to do inside of us. Not ask questions, just follow you, Lord. And God, I pray for any person that may be here or, or may be watching online that they're not a believer, they're not ready, they're not prepared to meet you, Lord. They would realize that you have a work for them to do. And all they have to do is give their heart to you, Lord. All they have to do is allow you to work. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would complete it, you would do it. And God, they would surrender. Old things are passed away, God, and everything is brand new. And now, Lord, raise them up to be a voice. Raise them up. God, and again, I, I just feel led to pray over every young person here, every student, to be bold, Lord. Don't blend, but be bold. Blending's easy. Blending's what cowards do. Blending is what followers do. But Lord, help them to step outside and be a leader and be bold, Lord. Bold people don't brag neither, Lord. Bold people are bold and the love and light of Jesus shines to them. So God, would you pour your spirit out tonight, Lord, just because they came to church in a spirit of boldness, Lord. Did you realize that your soul is the most valuable thing you have? Really, it is. It's the only thing that will live forever and ever. And it will live on in either one or two places. It'll either live in heaven, in the presence of the Lord, or it will live in hell. Actually, it'll constantly die in hell apart from the presence of God. But today, you have an opportunity to make sure. The Bible says make our calling and election sure. You have an opportunity right this minute to make sure that the rest of your earthly life is spent in a relationship with Jesus and all of your eternal life is spent with Jesus in glory in heaven. And all you have to do if you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior is say, Father, I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm lost and you are the thing that is missing in my life. I repent of my sins. I repent of choices I've made. I repent and I'm so sorry for all the time I've ran from you and all the years I've wasted apart from you. Would you forgive me, Lord Jesus? The Bible tells us that if you pray that prayer and you mean that, that the Lord will not only forgive you, but he will actually wash away your sin and he will forget your sin. He won't have the ability, imagine that, to remember your sin because that's the depth of his forgiveness and his love and his grace. And if you did that, we just have some tools we want to give to you and all you have to do is text the word SAVED to the number on the screen. Or if you're online, uh, on a computer, you simply just 
go to multitudeschurch.com slash saved. And a simple little form just for the uh, gathering of your information so we can get it back to you. We're not asking you to become a part of this church or give money to this church, although you're welcome to be a part of this church if you don't have a home church. But we want to help you grow in the Lord and redeem the time while there is time. And the Lord's dealing with a lot of you. I know He is, even if you're a believer. God's dealing with you about jumping back in and getting involved in the work of the Lord. And I want to pray for all of you right now before we go. Father, I love you, and I thank you for every person that's been a part of this service today. I pray, Lord, those that's made a decision to follow you and to live forever with you, that they would know that you never leave them, you never forsake them, God, and you're going to be with them, you said, always, even to the end. And so, God, there's no better consolation than that, than knowing the God of the universe will be with me forever and always through everything. And, God, I pray that you would strengthen those who may be weak. I pray those would be encouraged, Lord, who may feel like they don't really know what to do next or there's no use in doing anything else. God, help us to know that today is the day of salvation and for us, Lord, to finish our race and finish our course, Lord, with pride, Lord, knowing that we've allowed you, Lord, and we've done all we could do to let you complete what you've started in us. And God, I pray you bless people, you would keep people, make your face shine on them, Lord. I pray you'd be gracious unto them and give them peace, O oh Lord. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. God bless you. And please, make sure you join us the next time we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. my life, so Do you